Hey, Moving Forward listeners, here's today's Poshmark Power Tip. If you don't have access to a printer, you can use a shipping QR code from a Poshmark sale by generating it on the app. Simply take your phone to the post office along with the package and show the QR code to a USPS rep. They'll scan it and take care of the rest. For more Poshmark seller tips, check out the Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and as an audiobook on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 437, continuing on with our summer movie series. I hope everyone had a great week getting ready for another weekend. Hope you're staying cool. It is hot out there. Uh, Anyway, before we get started, just a couple of administrative notes. I usually don't do a lot of administrative announcements uh, on the summer movie series, but I just want to, first of all, welcome our new listeners I do encourage you to check out episode 000, which is the updated trailer. That'll give you a background of moving forward and all the different types of episodes you'll find across many different seasons. Uh, And the summer movie series, which I'm in the middle of right now, is one of my favorite collections that I like to do. This is my third summer of doing these, and um, I'm having a good time with them. And This collection is essentially I'm sharing movies that I enjoy, that I associate with summer, that you may want to check out. Uh, One other administrative note, for those of you who are Stitcher subscribers or you listen to the podcast on the Stitcher app, uh, just FYI, if you don't know, the Stitcher platform will be sunsetting. I got an email announcement about this. It will be... I believe, going away on August 29th. So I'm giving you that announcement a little bit early. So if you are listening to this on Stitcher, I do encourage you. Uh, Moving forward does syndicate to a number of different platforms, including Apple, Spotify. There are a number of others as well, Google. So uh, those are listed on almost every uh, write-up as well as on the website. I've started removing the Stitcher link just because that is going to be sunsetting. Uh, I don't know the exact reason why. It's just uh, it's unfortunate because Stitcher actually was one of the first platforms that I syndicated the podcast to when I launched back in 2015. I always thought it was a cool platform, and the customer service, the few times that I had to email them, they were very responsive. So uh, I do know that I have a... I don't have a huge listener base on Stitcher, but I do have a consistent number of listens on the platform. So if you are a Stitcher listener, first of all, thank you. And again, I do encourage you to uh, uh, continue listening to Moving Forward on one of the many other platforms that are available. All right, and I will also uh, announce this again on, on next week's episode as well. All right, today's summer movie. Every year... I share at least one movie that isn't critically acclaimed, isn't really beloved by a lot of people, but I happen to enjoy. And I like to balance it out because thus far this summer, I think almost every movie that I've shared is pretty, you know, pretty acclaimed. It's either critically acclaimed, it's popular, or it's both. But I like to share at least one counterexample of a movie that's neither really beloved nor critically acclaimed, 
that I really happen to enjoy, which I happen to think is, is maybe worth checking out. And today's movie is 2003's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And let me give you some basic background on it. This was released July 11th, 2003. Had a pretty big bu- uh, budget of $78 million, which is pretty expensive for that time. I-, I think it's still expensive for today. Had a box office of $179.3 million. So it did okay. I, I would say that's a pretty decent box office, but it wasn't a huge smash hit. And I think uh, the studio... 20th Century Fox wanted to launch a franchise. It looks like this. My impression of it, having watched this movie a couple of times, is that this was supposed to kickstart a franchise. Uh, it was directed by Stephen Norrington, who is most well known for directing The First Blade, which I think is a fantastic movie. Uh, I, I think that's a great comic book movie. Before comic book movies really had their renaissance that we're in right now, uh, Blade was one of the ones in the early 2000s, which I thought just was really well done. All right, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen has a pretty uh, diverse cast of really great actors across film and television. You've got in the the lead, you've got the legendary late great Sean Connery as Alan Quartermain. And this was actually just a bit of trivia, his last on-screen role. You had Nasir Rudin Shah as Captain Nemo, uh, as in Captain of the Nautilus, so uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Peter Wilson as Dr. Mina Harker. She's a vampire chemist and had a run-in with Dracula, and that's how she became a vampire, but she's also a chemist. Tom Curran as Rodney Skinner, an Invisible Man, and I'll explain that a little bit later. Stuart Townsend as Dorian Gray. Shane West as Tom Sawyer. Jason Fleming as Dr. Jekyll slash Edward Hyde. And Richard Roxburgh as M. And there's also a number of supporting actors in various roles. This is loosely based on a comic book series by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. And as you heard from that cast list, it's basically a mix of literary figures from the 19th century that have kind of been brought together. Think of this as the Avengers before the Avengers movie, even though the, the comics have been in existence for a while. All right, with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'll talk about the plot, my history with it, the good and the bad, and where you can check it out. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, as you know, I try to provide as much helpful information as I can for free on this podcast, covering different topics and areas. But if you need more personalized assistance with starting a business on Poshmark, writing a book, or launching a podcast, I now offer coaching through the Clarity platform where you can book a call with me. To learn more, head over to bemovingforward.com and click book a coaching call at the top. You can also find a quick link within my link tree, which is in the show notes for this episode. Whether it's a quick five-minute pick-your-brain call or a 50-minute deep dive into your goals, let's connect so you can start moving forward today. All right, we're talking about 2003's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, 
Let me give you a quick rundown of the plot. It's 1899, and a terrorist group led by the mysterious Phantom break into the Bank of England, and they steal Leonardo da Vinci's blueprints of Venice. They also kidnap a bunch of scientists as well. The British government afterwards sends an emissary to Kenya to recruit Alan Quartermain, who's been retired since the death of his son. He refuses until the assassins come and try to kill him. So then Quartermain goes to London and he meets with uh, the head of this agency that's trying to recruit him called M. And that's obviously a an inside joke, a play on the fact that uh, Sean Connery is legendary and very well known for having played James Bond, the first James Bond on screen. And um, M was his boss. So I think that was just a play on that. M has recruited a number of legendary figures to team up with Quartermain and send them out to retrieve the blueprints and prevent the terrorists who are led by this mastermind, the Phantom. Uh, It's basically just this incredible adventure where they're just facing all of these obstacles or going to all these different locations and... um, essentially not only to retrieve the blueprints, but they uncover a plot that these terrorists are trying to start um, the next world war and, or the first world war rather, and also sell a serum based off of um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde to create a bunch of super soldiers. So think of like a a evil version of Captain America. So, um, a convoluted plot, convoluted uh, premise, and essentially the idea of all of these literary figures coming together and teaming up. It is, I think, pretty interesting. I haven't read the comic. Uh, I'm sure, um, you know, it's got a following of its own, but today I'm just going to talk about the movie. So I didn't see this in the theater. I remember vaguely when the previews came out and I didn't really think it looked all that appealing. So I didn't see it in the theater. It wasn't until I think a couple of years later when uh, it happened to be airing on cable. I think it was on TBS. And I caught a scene that actually kept my attention. It was actually a, a chase scene in Venice in which the the heroes, I think, Quartermain and, and um, Tom Sawyer, they're Uh, fighting a bunch of these terrorists and maybe some of the other characters as well. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. And then all of a sudden you see this this steampunk type limousine. It's actually kind of a cool design. It's like this um, uh, art deco kind of white limousine, stretch limousine comes out to save them, driven by Nemo. And as ridiculous as that scene was, I thought it was actually kind of cool. I thought, wow, that, that's something I never would have expected to see in a uh, 19th century action adventure piece, even one that's teaming up a bunch of fictional characters, to see a essentially what is a car coming out and uh, rescuing the heroes. And then you see uh, Nemo's submarine. He's got this gigantic submarine which rises out of the water, which makes absolutely no sense considering how shallow Venice is. But regardless, I thought it was kind of a cool scene. So I was actually captivated for a couple of minutes, and then uh, I I think I had to go where I had to do something else, so I shut it off. But I kind of kept it in mind. And then later on, I actually watched the movie from beginning to end, 
And of course, I recognized, okay, this is not a great movie, but I thought it was an entertaining one. And uh, and so that's, I ended up getting it on physical media. I think it wasn't that expensive, and I've seen it a couple of times here and there. And it's a movie that I enjoy. The, the thing is, it's not very long. It's only about 110 minutes, so it's a very quick movie. It's a very short movie. And yes, it has a lot of flaws. I think the the critics, uh, the criticism that it has received is pretty well deserved. But that said, it's not a bad movie in terms of you just, if you just need something uh, fun and just dumb and you just want to be entertained for an hour and 10 minutes, you could do a lot worse than the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So I've enjoyed this movie. I will watch it whenever it's on. It's not a movie I revisit often, but every once in a while, I will get a uh, kind of that inkling to want to see it again, and then I'll maybe pop in the DVD, or if it happens to be on streaming, I'll, I'll check it out. All right, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. The Good. This is just a dumb, fun movie. If that's if you need something like that, something that just moves very quickly, regardless of the fact that there are a lot of plot holes, there are a lot of things that don't make any sense, it's an entertaining movie. I do think that the cast does a pretty good job. I think they're pretty earnest. I think Sean Connery gives a, a pretty, pretty decent performance. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that later. And there's something about, you know, this idea of these characters coming together, which is an interesting premise. I think this could have been a much more impactful film. It could have been a better film. And I don't know what the behind the scenes are. You never know when it comes to making movies. Uh, I know it's easy to point fingers and say, well, it's the director, it's the writer, whatever, what have you. But there's so many moving parts that go into making a movie that it's not always the case. Sometimes it's a lot of studio interference. So, but that said, I think this could have been a much better film because I think despite the fact that it's messy, despite the fact that it's convoluted, despite the fact that there are some things that don't make any sense, it's still an entertaining movie. So there was probably something here that could have actually produced a better movie. In terms of the negative, yes, it's a messy, convoluted plot. There are a lot of things in here that don't make any sense. So you don't watch a movie like this for realism. The idea that you see a limousine and despite the fact that it's an old-fashioned design limousine, it's still way too modern for 1899. The fact that you see a gigantic submarine popping out of uh, the canals of Venice, things like that, just <laughs> they're pretty funny to watch. Yet at the same time, there's an earnestness to this movie that kind of makes you put that aside and just enjoy it for what it is. Um, and some of the special effects, I mean, this is early 2000s, and CG was starting to pop up in a lot more movies and some of the CG here just doesn't hold up well and some of the effects are really laughable. Some of the effects I think are actually pretty good and I, I think for me the most enjoyable part is watching Captain Nemo and all of his different uh, vehicles. You know he's kind of got this um, he's established as this engineer type who's developed all of these vehicles that are way ahead of their time. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, in terms of some trivia, uh, what's interesting, and I just I just having done a little bit of research, 20th Century Fox 
could not get the rights to H.G. Wells, The Invisible Man. So in the movie, he the character is referred to as An Invisible Man, and he has a different name. Uh, he's referred to as Rodney Skinner instead of the literary character Holly Griffin. I thought that was really interesting. The other big trivia you may or may not know this is that this was Sean Connery's last on-screen role after having turned down both the Lord of the Rings movies and The Matrix. And I can't imagine how much, you know, that must have been a painful thing to kind of look back on. And my understanding is that he did The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because, you know, it's an action-adventure. It has some fantasy elements. Unfortunately, it just didn't click the way those other franchises did. So this is Sean Connery's last on-screen role. I think he does a pretty good uh, job. I think he does a decent performance. My overall rating, I give this a three out of five stars. I think it's a fun movie. Put aside logic. Put aside the fact that a lot of things that happen in this movie don't make any sense. And I think you can just enjoy it on that basis. Again, it's not a very long movie. Where can you watch The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Again, I'm going to recommend check your library. See if they have a physical copy you can check out or borrow from Interlibrary Loan. Currently, as far as I know, it's not on streaming. As of the recording of this, and I'm recording this a little ahead of time, it is on Prime, but that is actually going away in three days. Um, so by the time this airs, it won't be on Prime anymore. But Prime and Hulu are the two streaming channels that I think I see this pop up the most, maybe Max. So this does pop up every now and then on rotation. So you'll probably catch it there if you have a subscription to one of those. And if you like, I have, as with all the write-ups, I have Amazon affiliate links if you want to purchase this on digital or physical media. All right, uh, one more time as a reminder, for those of you who listen to Moving Forward on Stitcher, the Stitcher platform will be sunsetting on August 29th. So I do encourage you, continue listening to the podcast. There are many different um, syndicated platforms that the podcast goes out to. The write-up will be at bemovingforward.com. Hope you have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review. It helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.